0: Star Wars fans and welcome to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground presented by the thesciencefictionary.com. I'm Andrew and here with me tonight is Marisha. Hello. And me and Marisha for the first time are recording not at the same desk.
1: Yes, it's very bizarre. You're, you're sure actually an
0: hour in the future. It's kind of weird.
1: I am. Yes. So... That could be relevant. Maybe we'll have time travel in Star Wars, and then oh, this will no, be relevant.
0: No, no, start, no, no, time travel in Star Wars. <laughs>
1: no time travel in Star Wars.
0: Too Star Trekky for you, love? No, it, it. Well, it is too sci-fi for me, honestly. In, in Star Wars, I, I do want the the world between worlds is the closest I ever want to get to time travel in the Star sci-fi. Wars. Yeah. Uh, That's well, that, I mean, that was not really sci-fi. That was that was more of a fantasy element. But I don't. Yeah. I'm okay with sci-fi elements. Thrawn has always been a little bit more of a sci-fi character than a fantasy character. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi definitely bleeds into Star Wars. That's one of the things that makes it unique is it it blurs the lines between fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, it,
1: it, it's sort of genre-encompassing,
0: maybe. Right. Well, you get a lot of sci-fi elements, but then when you start getting into the Force and Jedi and Sith, you really move right. way, way more into the realm of fantasy uh, right so the two are. i think i've heard george lucas describe it as science fantasy
1: Mm-hmm. which yeah.
0: you know i that which makes doesn't sense to me
1: time travel
0: right well i mean <laughs> I, you know i you can do i mean it, it would not be a big deal to do time travel but time travel as a plot device is yeah it
1: messes things up
0: it's it's just messy and, and you know yeah, even in end game i love Endgame, game but yeah the time travel part it's a little messy it, like, it's it just invites plot holes it does and you and you really you now in in a, in end game the movie's so good that you just kind of go i don't care i'm not, not well. questioning it it's just right. awesome yeah. but if you slip up a little bit you create big, big problems for yourself. And it's it's kind of an overused trope right now. And I really hope they don't go that route. I I'm actually don't on. think they will. I, I think that we will lean more into the mystical than into things like time travel.
1: I think that I think if we wanted to bring a that character
0: back, thing. like we don't need to go time travel.
1: Right. We can always just clone him.
0: Right. So so there are other elements at play here and I I've heard rumors about time travel.
1: No, I don't like it. Um, no, I, I'm
0: not a, I'm not on board with the time travel. But anyway, kind of, we're just getting going tonight. We've been away for a while. It's been like five weeks since we've recorded. Yes, we're getting close to D twenty three coming up, which we're not going to. But a week later, we are going a lot to. Of are... <laughs> we are going to Dragon Con, and uh, it's true. we're going to have great author panels as always. I'm I'm going to hold off yes. on buying my th- new Thrawn book until. Uh, I can get Timothy Zahn to sign it,
1: for sure. Yeah, um, we'll buy one for us and all the people.
0: Right. So, um, and uh, Eunice uh, Suetamo, uh the new new Chewbacca, will be there as well. So yeah, okay. hopefully we'll I get to see some of the, you know maybe he'll do a couple of panels that we'll be able to make it to. So
1: oh, that would be great. The kids would love that.
0: So we're. Uh, We're trying to launch... This is actually the first episode of our second year of podcasting.
1: That's crazy. I can't believe it's been a year.
0: No, it doesn't feel like a year. It's been fun. We've had a blast. If you've been listening, we really appreciate it. And as we move into a new year, we're really hoping to do a lot more new stuff. Uh, You know, I hope that Daniel and Robbie will be able to work their schedules out to come back to the show. If not, you know, we'll keep doing more stuff. At the end of the first year, we did a couple of things with crossover episodes and guests, which and
1: was super fun. It was.
0: We had a blast doing that, yeah. and it may just be that we try to move more towards having guests. What you know, way more frequently, at least once a month. Yeah. I think we will. We might have prematurely announced our new podcast, but it's coming. It's the uh, <laughs> Science Fictionarian, and we're going to do it. I've got you know, we got to kind of fill in the slots to make sure we got everybody on board to do it.
1: We have to get something rolling before, I mean, Netflix has Narnia and Amazon has Lord of the Rings. So we got to, you know, we got to talk about that once it gets rolling good.
0: We got all that. It's it's a perfect time to launch it with the new Dune movie coming out. Today, they just announced a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV series. Really?
1: I didn't see that. I kind of have been a little AWOL on social media this week. I've been in Florida and we've been working a kids' camp all week. And so I've been, you know, mostly focusing on that. And I'm usually pretty good about seeing all the interesting sci fi things that come across the internet, but I haven't really seen much this week. So I must have missed that.
0: Yep. Um, It looks like Hulu actually is developing a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Uh um, series. And that's that's super exciting. I mean, it's done been done before. I mean, the series has been done before the movie, even though it kind of didn't follow some of the things in the, in the movie, the movie, I mean, in the book, the, the movie's fantastic. I love that movie. movie If you haven't seen that movie, you should really go watch it. Um, (laughs) And if you haven't read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, please go read that as a, as a science fiction or fantasy fan, you owe it to yourself to read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: As well as Dune with the Dune movie coming out and the and they actually we haven't even talked about they announced a new Dune series. Um same director. Oh,
1: really?
0: Yeah, they announced the Dune series. Um I believe it's called The Sisterhood. Oh, and it's right. going remember, to be yes. about the Benny Jesser. Right? Mm-hmm. So I mean lots of exciting stuff coming in the in the realm of science fiction and fantasy. So that's exciting. we just wanted to get that. We love talking Star Wars. Star Wars, the Star Wars podcast is always going to be the the big one for us. It's, baby. it's our it's kind of <laughs> right. It's it's the Star Wars is the the first love here and um yeah. but we do like to talk about all these other things. I mean, that's why we actually started our website was to talk about all these other things in science fiction and fantasy. And so we just thought it was time to launch a second podcast. So yes. probably in the next I figure it'll be after Dragon Con, so...
1: I think that's probably a good plan. Probably
0: September, October, yep. you should expect to hear an announcement about our first episode of that yep. podcast. It's going to be great. So we have missed out on a lot of news being away, and we're just going to start off. We asked a few people to contribute, and just before San Diego Comic Con, and then all, of course they showed it off at San Diego, was the new mm-hmm. Sith Trooper. Yeah, it's pretty
1: sweet. Yeah. um, It's pretty cool looking.
0: So do you think the Sith Trooper will play any real role? Or is it going to just... Because sometimes we get new Stormtrooper variants.
1: Yeah. And
0: they're just kind of in the background.
1: I mean, like the the Sand Troopers in Rogue One were... I mean, they were cool looking and they were there and they were different, but they weren't that different.
0: Well, a lot of the Stormtrooper variants like that are just the OG Stormtrooper that are just dirtied up okay there might be some minor differences um one of my favorites and actually i'll go ahead and tell you uh marisha might need a minute more to think about it but there are so many cool variants of the stormtrooper and it's hard to argue against the Mm -hmm. the original stormtrooper being yeah it's such a classic it's it's iconic you see it and you know what it Mm -hmm. is immediately it's, yeah. it's, it's part of the popular culture. It's part of the lexicon. It's,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And of course, everything else has been designed with that as a starting point. Right. So actually the one that I'm really into right now is the Memban Stormtrooper from Solo.
1: Okay. I don't pay as close of attention to that stuff as you do. You gotta tell me what this Mimbad trooper is. <laughs> no, it's not so Mimban. Min- ba- it
0: Min- Min- the the that Mim Min- <laughs> Min- Min- is the the where we see Han Solo fighting as part of the Imperial okay. Army. Uh, they're in okay. the wet and the muck. And these yeah, are Yeah, they
1: have like a different helmet.
0: These are the mm-hmm. wet weather troopers. Actually, no, the ones you're thinking of are um they're just like soldiers, maybe shock troopers. They're not actually okay. stormtroopers. They're foot soldiers, like they're grunts, like uh, they're what Han was. They're just infantry. Right. Uh, okay. So at least oh, at so this point of the Empire, we're seeing different troops. We're you know, well, by the time we see a New Hope, they're just stormtroopers. Like we don't yeah. see just infantry, but you know, in, in this one, also we kind of Han's like, just battle. infantry. We
1: don't, yeah, we don't see like a battle zone or anything during the original series either. We just see, you know what I'm saying right we don't see really as much plant i guess except indoor so it's kind of different it's kind of a different there's not part of his conquest um
0: so these troopers are the they're the wet weather troopers is what they really are okay. they're and i just i love the look of them they they expanded the gaps in the joints of the armor a little bit okay. so a little bit wider gaps to give them more flexibility
1: right that makes and, sense and
0: uh the black capes
1: Mm, yeah, I like the, I'm kind of partial to the capes. The capes are kind of fun.
0: I just, I really like those right now because they're they're really a variant of the, like I said, the OG Stormtrooper. But I, I'm kind of digging the cape because apparently everything in Solo yep. needed a cape. But,
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: you know, I, I
1: like it. Yeah, I like it too.
0: They also had the really cool Stormtroopers on the train when they were during the train heist. Yeah. The that's ones with true. The, the Maglock boots that were out walking on the top of the train. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some of those maglock boots are pretty cool.
0: <laughs> in the past when we've seen red troopers, I mean they haven't been stormtroopers per se. Right. Although we saw towards the end, I think maybe in Revenge of the Sith, we saw some troopers and they had the red they right. weren't solid red, but they had red and they were I don't remember. I think they were Imperial Shock Troopers. We've seen just tons of variations. Of but variations. We, yeah. we see some that do cool stuff and we see some that kind of hang in the background. And when mm-hmm. we've seen solid red troopers before they've been they've been guards. They, right.
1: We've only seen the, the, the guards, right? The Imperial Guards. Right. And then Stokes Guards. All in red, and right. that's pretty much the only thing we've seen, right?
0: Right. So the emperor had red guards. Presumably, so did Vader.
1: Now, isn't the and I don't guess this is canon anymore, but weren't the original like Sith species red skinned? Wasn't that the the deal?
0: I think you might be right. right. Currently, we don't know what the origin of the Sith was, and we don't know what the past regarding the Sith in the two, three, four thousand years prior to.
1: Right. I have to say though, like the announcement of Sith troopers doesn't really seem to necessarily um, jibe with the whole letting the past die narrative.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well
1: I mean better. I don't think Kylo the letting better. the
0: Spousing. letting the past die I don't I, I don't think was ever really the real narrative. Yeah. I think that the ending of that says you know it latches know the on to. Die the past.
1: Well, and that's the thing about the past. It You can't kill it. You can't get rid of it. It's always, it's a part of everything. You know, it's a part of who you are. It's a part of the world that you live in. So, you know, you can say that you want the past to die, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of a pipe dream, maybe. Uh,
0: I don't know. I, I like the design of the trooper. I'm always down for more troopers. Uh, the bright red, I don't know what we're going to see them do. I, I kind of would have wouldn't have minded seeing something more like the death troopers come back as a personal guard to kylo but maybe these Mm. are personal guard maybe the maybe these are troopers that are i don't know i I think these have got to be kylo's guard
1: Uh, i mean i think so because again he's you know he's it sees himself as the second coming of Vader. So it stands to reason that he wants to emulate.
0: So does this something. mean that he has taken up the mantle of Sith Lord?
1: I think so. I think he does. I
0: think that Who's makes the most sense. Him?
1: And the thing is, Snoke was pointedly not a Sith, but he's not there to say no anymore. Kylo can do what he wants. I think that that's exactly what he's going to do.
0: Yeah, that, it's interesting. But I I wanted to read this uh, quote. I don't really know... Okay, so apparently when the Sith Trooper was put on exhibit at San Mm -hmm. Diego Comic-Con, a plaque or something was put up with it that was removed later. Oh. So there was some question as to whether that had information that was not ready for release (laughs) or wasn't accurate or what, but here's what it said. The inscription on it said... In its ultimate push towards galactic conquest, the First Order readies an army of elite soldiers that draw inspiration and power from a dark and ancient legacy.
1: Ooh, that's intriguing.
0: It is for a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean, you know, having just played through Knights of the Old Republic 2. Right. You know, and, and really, where it really dives into the lore of the Sith.
1: Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm feeling like... um. Ryan Johnson may have been low-key obsessed with that game, just from all of the references. Like, really similar things, even, you know, similar um, dialogue from that game that was used in The Last Jedi. I was a little surprised.
0: Yeah, it's um, there are some things in there that were pulled directly from—oh, and— I'll see if I can actually find this on my phone, because I hear a lot of talk about, we've actually talked about this on the show, so I'm not going to harp on it for, for long, but we talk a lot about, there was a lot of talk, right, leading up to The Last Jedi about Grey Jedi. Mm, right, yeah. And, but the problem with it always was that people were arguing that you, that somehow being both light and dark was what a gray Jedi was and that a gray Jedi somehow walked this line in between and mm-hmm. wasn't really good, but wasn't really bad. And yeah, that's, that's, that doesn't jive with, with what we know about the force. It's like no, Pablo I mean, Hidalgo that- said, where you, you can't have all of the perks and none of the consequence of, of using the dark side of the force right but I well, found a really interesting uh qu- a really interesting comment in the um uh, maybe it was a set of robes, a gray Jedi robe okay. that I found in Knights okay. of the Old Republic too, and uh, mm-hmm. it says gray Jedi. so at that point in time we had gray Jedi, but it seems like right. maybe what gray Jedi were was lost in translation somewhere. a gray Jedi are those who though having completed the teachings, of the Jedi operate independently and outside of the Jedi council. They are typically okay. seen as misguided, though they have mm-hmm. not necessarily succumbed to the dark side. Right. So we're Which talking about Ahsoka. Qui-Gon That's Jinn Ahsoka and Ahsoka. We're, we're talking about people who may be more what the Jedi are supposed to be than, right. but they're, they're not operating within the, within the order of the Jedi.
1: Right. Well you know, the, the the idea of kind of being in the middle is very inconsistent with the the philosophy behind the force too. Yes. I mean, Buddhism and, and yin and yang is a very you know, there there's not a middle. Right. And that's and
0: that's in what that I'm saying here is like
1: everything is one or the other.
0: Kind of the original idea of the gray of a gray Jedi. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean somebody who's like somehow in the middle. It just means somebody who right. has moved away from the order, and that the doesn't order doesn't the, the order doesn't approve of.
1: They're basically heretics. They're Maybe. not orthodox, right? They 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 don't they don't follow the orthodoxy, but that doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily make their beliefs heretical. It just makes their being outside the structure heretical, right? Basically, yeah.
0: Those are those games. I I just forgot how good the, I knew I always liked those games, but going back and playing <laughs> through them, the story yeah. is just incredible. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's still some of the best Star Wars ever written yeah you know both of those games and the second one may be better than the first
1: one i think the kids want you to go back and play as a dark side character
0: yeah the kids the kids definitely want to see me go back and play play at dark side and see what happens so we'll have to do that when everybody gets back home
1: yeah they'll like that so love you never asked me what my favorite stormtrooper was
0: marisha what is your favorite (laughs) stormtrooper
1: Um, you know, I think I'm going to have to go in for the clone troopers, especially, especially after the clone Wars series.
0: So like the classic clone mm-hmm. look. Yeah.
1: Like, cause there's actually know, a couple of different
0: variations world. of the clones, but you're just talking the, yes. the classic clone war. Yes. Look.
1: And I'm sure if Selena were here, she could school me on all the subtleties of clone armor and why they're different and why it's important. But <laughs> alas, it's just ignorant old me. So I'm just going with generic clone trooper.
0: <laughs> okay. Now the clones were fun and especially in the Clone Wars.
1: Yeah, I mean they they really expanded on the, the lore a lot in the in the Clone Wars. I'm really unhappy that it's not on Netflix. Well and as far Currently, as f- I know I it's- know it's coming on Disney Plus, but I want to watch it now.
0: <laughs> but as, as far as fighting like we've never seen troopers do what the clone troopers did on screen no. they did some fantastic yeah. stuff with those um yeah w- well, with know, fighting. we're fighting were they
1: snide comments and rebels are always making snide comments about those incompetent stormtroopers you know right so yeah i'm going in i'm going old school yeah Pro- those are, know, those chronologically are, yeah. <laughs> not not st- <laughs> not
0: story not not a release yes. order
1: Released, yes, not release order, chronological order, canon chronology.
0: And real quick before we move away from Stormtroopers for the day, we asked the guys over at the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast about their favorite Stormtroopers, and we got a little bit of a message from them.
2: What's up, Star Wars fans? This is Ro from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. I want to thank Coruscant Radio Underground for uh, asking us to talk about stormtroopers here on uh, the Psy Fictionary uh, radio podcast. And um, so, my favorite stormtrooper is got to be the classic stormtrooper. I really uh, love the design, and uh, ever since day one, you know, classic stormtroopers have always been my favorite. And obviously, there's a, a lot of variations of the stormtrooper. And uh, I think I love them all. But uh, one of the biggest thrills that I get uh, when it comes to Stormtroopers is seeing uh, cosplayers in real life. Uh, As uh, we had uh, Star Wars Celebration in Chicago here back in April, I still get goosebumps when I see Stormtroopers walking up and down Michigan Avenue like they did for Celebration here. It was uh, just a fantastic thing to see. Uh, we saw a lot of clone troopers. We saw a lot of stormtroopers. It's just one of those the uh, thrilling, you know, thrilling moments to to be able to see cosplayers do that, and uh, I love it. Uh, I wish Alex was here. Alex is uh, unavailable, but uh, he sends his love. He says the 501st are his favorites. And 501st Stormtroopers are his favorite. And uh, Clone Trooper, when it comes to Clone Trooper, he loves Commander Cody. It's his personal favorite. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of really cool equipment as a Clone Trooper. He's got, uh, Alex says he loves his visor, and he's got a little antenna there, communications array, and something that looks kind of like a a camera. So he's got, uh, he's all well-equipped to go Clone Trooping. And uh, I love it. He also says he likes the ARC trooper in Episode Three. So those are uh, some of the, th- the stormtroopers that we love. And I know uh, Lucasfilm just released an image of the red stormtrooper, which which looks really really cool. The Sith trooper, and I know a lot of people. There's a lot of talk on the internet that says, well, it's just a red stormtrooper. But guys, you got to read between the lines. He, uh, it's a Sith stormtrooper. You got to ask yourself: Is the stormtrooper a Sith? Is he commanded by a Sith? What? Uh, who is this? Uh, this character? Is it? Are there going to be a whole bunch of them? So these are all questions that are going to be answered uh, in December when we're all, um, you know, taking in the uh, last episode, the Rise of Skywalker, um, released in December. So that's going to be fantastic. Uh, but like I said, uh, the classic stormtrooper is my favorite. I also like, you know, the shore trooper. Um, and uh, a lot of, uh, of the other kind of original stormtroopers from uh, the original trilogy in Rogue One. There's an image in my head that I cannot um, understate or overstate is the image of the classic stormtrooper from Rogue One. Uh, there was a release poster with a, a line of stormtroopers that were in the water patrolling Scarif, and that I love, I love that image. It's just, it's again, like I said, it's just chilling to see. And actually, I just purchased a uh, Stormtrooper outfit. Uh, It was either that or uh, a new camera for my business. And uh, unfortunately, I've got priorities, so the Stormtrooper outfit uh, won out. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Thank you guys again at Coruscant Radio Underground, Andrew and Marisha, SciFictionary.com. We love you guys. And that is the scuttlebutt.
0: Thanks again, guys. And... If you're not following the Scarif podcast, make sure to look them up and give them a follow. They have an absolutely fantastic podcast. One of the other things we've got going on is we're getting real close to D23. And I feel fairly (laughs) certain we're going to see a Mandalorian trailer. Yes. Um,
1: I want a Mandalorian trailer. So fun tidbit about that. I'm trying to remember what interview i was watching with john favreau and he when he was first writing the mandalorian he was talking to um i think it was pablo Hidalgo, and he's like yeah i'm writing this story i'm wearing my boba fett socks now you know and he was and uh, he was like you know dude he's not a mandalorian like that's the story you know so he like he, he had to be informed of that so it kind of made me wonder if If the story wasn't originally written with Boba Fett in mind, even though that's not the direction they wound up going.
0: Right. I I find the comment interesting. You know, we've been big proponents here, I think, across the board. I think you were in agreement that it would be more interesting if we found out that Django and and Boba were, in fact, somehow connected to the Mandalorians, other than just wearing the armor. Mm. And I think
1: there's more to that story.
0: Yeah, so I mean that makes me wonder if there won't be some connection. If there's a perfect place in anything they're doing right now, to, yeah. to give us more Boba Fett or at least tell us what happened to Boba Fett. Yeah, this is it.
1: And here's the thing, though they left those those threads dangling for a reason, and you know as long as Disney keeps drinking in the money, they're going to keep putting out material. And eventually, they're going to pick that up and tell that story. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I hope we get a, a Mandalorian trailer at D23. If
0: we don't get if we don't get a trailer, we're going to get a behind the scenes. Yeah, like a real behind the scenes, and hopefully released to the public pretty quickly. Right. But they're they're honoring Favreau at this event anyway. So. Oh really? I didn't
1: know that. Oh, that's right. Because of all the other Disney stuff he's doing. Currently. Yeah.
0: Well, and going all the way back to Iron Man. I mean, he's he's responsible Mm -hmm. for launching that giant
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which uh, i was so glad to see more of him in the most recent spider-man movie
0: yeah happy's always been a fun character and it was it was fun i mean we kind of assumed after endgame that he might show up a little more but it was good to see that they followed through with that
1: and he's such a he's such a Interesting actor. He's fun to watch. So
0: speaking of D23 coming up, Roe, over at the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, wanted to know with all the rumors about what's going to be shown at D23. Well, actually, what he wanted to know was if we thought we would hear more about a and Andor series during D23.
1: I hope so. I mean, like, they've told us there's going to be one, and that's
0: it. Right. And, and you've got to think that <laughs> it's got to be... The old rumors were that something was going into development this fall. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully that's it. Yeah, because we also know that they're working on a third series. We just don't know what that one is yes. yet. Um, yeah. A lot of people are very confident that it's Obi wan Kenobi. I um, really hope so.
1: At, you at know this point, I'm
0: that. right. I mean, everybody's all about an Obi wan but we've been we've been doing this song and dance for like three years.
1: Yeah, I know. And
0: so at this point, eventually, it's kind of like once and, again, and,
1: eventually, and I pick really it
0: want that. Although there's also been the rumors about a Millie Bobby Brown-led Leia series, which I still find very intriguing to go into the early days of yeah. the Republic, more of a spy thriller type, the
1: rebellion rather. What did I say? Republic. Oh,
0: yeah. Go into the the early days of the rebellion when yeah. she's a senator, but mm-hmm. she's also one of the leaders of this rebellion movement. Right. And so you really have some, some really cool spy elements that I think would echo well with, uh, the Cassian series. And it may just be that they decided to do some of that in the Cassian series.
1: And honestly, I would kind of like to see, I'd like to see some more Padme in her, you know, and we never got to see her as a politician, which is what her mother was, you know, her entire yeah life pretty much. She was a politician, um, so I would kind of like to see Leia a little more as that person than than the the military leader.
0: Right. It's one of those things like, as far as people that could pull that role off right now, Millie Bobby Brown is certainly one of the best options out there. Yeah. But you've got a narrow window where she's the right age yes. to do it. So in some ways, I would almost rather have that immediately than, than yeah. the Obi-Wan series but i don't know why you know at the same time it's like why not both i don't know it's one of the frustrating things with the slowdown uh Mm -hmm. with star wars while we watch the you know i don't need star wars to try to emulate the mcu i don't need three movies a year or four movies a year right Definitely. i I don't need that but a movie a year would be nice yeah two tv series a year would be nice yeah um And it's like we're watching the MCU just marches along and and Lucasfilm just doesn't seem to quite know what they want to do.
1: And hopefully they'll figure. I mean, now, in all fairness, it took a little while for the MCU to kind of hit a stride. It did. You know, like whenever they made Iron Man, it was like, okay, here's this thing.
0: That's true. But that was Marvel Studios before the Disney merger. That's true. The same with the Hulk movie. Those are both that's pre-Disney.
1: True. Okay, that's true.
0: So, once Disney acquired, they went pretty quick to two a year. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Studios did not have the money to make two movies a year. Yeah. That's that's part of you know, why the, the, that's part of why the merger was such a good deal for them.
1: The thing is though, you know, I mean, Kevin Feige, he's He's the man with a plan, and I think that Lucasfilm has some really talented people, and I think they've got some really knowledgeable, and I think they've got some people in really good places, but I don't think they quite have that man with a plan. I don't think they quite have that person. I don't think Kathleen Kennedy has really proven to, for whatever reason, have the same kind. I mean, it's a a different animal, you know.
0: It is. It's very different um with the mcu it still you're, isn't
1: clicking it's not yeah. clicking i would like to see i don't need to see it operate on the same model but i need to see it click the same way the mcu does does that make sense
0: right well i mean in some ways the movie making unless something is being done mm-hmm. that hasn't been announced yet which is possible there's rumors of a couple of things in development coming that might possibly come quicker than what was originally out there but there was really no reason for it to come to a grinding halt after nine the mantra out of disney and lucasfilm is we need you know this is a good time to take a break and figure out where we want to go and it's like well what are all these people paid to do you know that aren't the ones that aren't actually making the movies but the ones that are over the studio like wasn't it kind of their job all along to have been mapping this stuff out you would think and, and for In fairness, we've gotten a little bit spoiled by Kevin Feige. Mm -hmm. There are not a lot of Kevin Feige's in the world.
1: Clearly. I mean, the thing is, if Disney can't find another one, they seem to be more of a commodity than NFL quarterbacks.
0: Well, you know, it's not just just somebody that can see that big of a picture at one time, Mm -hmm. but somebody that also can see that without losing their mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically, what they need is... They, they need somebody to be the Walt Disney of Lucasfilm. They need somebody. I heard a quote one time about Walt Disney that his genius was using other people's genius.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what Kevin Feige does and does real well. Um,
1: um, now, of course, apparently Walt Disney was a, like, horrid person to actually work with. <laughs> like, I think everyone who ever worked with him hated it. Yeah. But he created amazing an amazing product in the end.
0: And sometimes that's... That's what happens with people like that is that they're kind of overbearing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't get that from what I've seen of Kevin Feige. He seems to work real well with his directors and other producers. Yeah, I don't
1: think it's a different world now. People don't put up with that kind of stuff.
0: That's true. Um, So kind of in this vein of, of while we're talking about this, we never did get to talk about the fact that Lucasfilm did hire Uh, michelle rejwan who is a producer on rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. has worked with jj abrams for years she had a co-producer credit on into darkness which you know a lot of people don't like and that's fine it's it's got problems but it's not as bad as a lot of people have treated it i liked it um she was an associate producer on super eight but she's been working side-by-side side with J.J. Abrams for a long time. Now, what they have actually hired her to be is the Senior Vice President of Live Action Development and Production. So, so she
1: basically going to be the Dave Filoni of live action?
0: That's, yes. I, I think more or less that's what it is.
1: More power to her. I hope it goes great. I
0: hope it goes well. It's A lot of people have questioned whether she has the experience to step into the role. Yeah. And they're not wrong in questioning that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get down on it um i hope she does great that's like hiring a football coach like your your favorite team hires a football coach that you don't think has the
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah you, know, you don't think they have the experience to be a head coach you're still right. not gonna go root against them right at least i hope you don't if you do you're you're a terrible fan of your team if you're rooting for your own team to fail
1: yeah uh, you're not a saints fan <laughs> so you got to give her a
0: chance she they've hired her yeah. they see something good you got to believe that they've i mean that uh jj abrams yeah. had to have put in a good word for her on this uh, well you know and
1: back to your sports analogy sometimes your team hires mike didka and everybody's all excited because he's mike didka and it turns out to be a total <laughs> bust
0: that's true and it, it's it's one of those things like Give her a chance. And if she fails, then we can talk about, well, maybe she didn't have, maybe she wasn't ready. But the truth is, is that I hope that she does incredible things. I hope um, that this is the missing piece.
1: Yes. Here's hoping. So it also gives
0: me some hope that maybe down the road, J.J. Abrams, maybe maybe when this is over, J.J. Abrams doesn't totally leave Lucasfilm behind forever. You know, this may be a tie back to bring him back down the road because... The i love the force awakens and yeah you know and i've got really high hopes for nine.
1: yeah he's he's one of the biggest names in hollywood for a reason yeah he did you know i mean and the thing is compared to a lot of the the directors who hold similar esteem he's much younger than steven spielberg or ron howard or James Cameron, right. you know. Right,
0: but he's he's very much one of the new young younger directors right. in the in the vein of a Steven Spielberg. Yes. Yes. In fact, he's he he's a lot of things about him are reminiscent of Spielberg. Keeping people like JJ Abrams and and John Favreau connected in the long term yes. will be good for Lucasfilm. For sure. Yes, I agree. The yes. other thing is Unless it ends up being J.J. Abrams, Lucasfilm really hasn't found their their Russo brothers.
1: You actually got to go to a panel, didn't you? I did.
0: Wizard World New Orleans had a um, had a panel where the Screen Junkies hosted a viewing of Captain America: Winter Soldier with the Russo with brothers the, and uh it
1: was really cool was because they held it during. they held, the it, during, contest, they held it, during,
0: it yeah they held it during the costume contest only about 50 people yeah, showed up
1: yeah that's awesome
0: which was really cool course, because we just kind of got to sit there and ask them questions which would never yeah. happen in a in a full-size panel like that no. you know we just kind of were able to sit there and pick their brain as we watched the movie and yeah, it was it was pretty that's neat. awesome but you know with the Russo brothers when they came on board what they proved to be very very good at they proved to be very good at dealing with lots of moving pieces within a movie because yeah, you look at a, sure. you look at some of these movies and you go, "That's too many characters." Mm-hmm. But they've been very, very good at giving those characters time. And for better or worse, Lucasfilm has trended towards wanting to have more characters that get screen time in their movies. And, and so not- you need you need people who can deal with. Because you never Mm -hmm. felt like, in movies like Civil War, where you had all these characters, you never felt like characters got shortchanged in their amount of screen time. Even if they might have a short bit of screen time, they made it impactful.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And so you didn't just have characters on screen just to have them there.
1: That's true. That's an important skill for sure in a filmmaker, especially in something as influential as, as Star Wars. So question, do you
0: think we will get a Rise of Skywalker trailer at D twenty three?
1: I really hope so.
0: My only I'm question entitled. while we've gotten so far is a teaser.
1: Entitled. Yeah.
0: I think it's too early and I don't think we're gonna get it. Um Ooh. I looked I looked to see when the last Jedi trailer, the first real trailer dropped. It didn't drop uh-huh. till October. Really? The marketing okay. window for movies has, has shrunk.
1: Hmm.
0: And part of that, I don't know if that's because single studios putting out so many movies
1: a year. They don't want to step on each other's toes. Maybe. I, I'm not sure.
0: But that window has gotten smaller. And you I know, it's- I think that... And the other thing is they want to push The Mandalorian at that D23, I think. Yeah. And maybe the Cassian Andor series... And if you try to show yep. off the Mandalorian and then drop a Rise of Skywalker trailer on it,
1: then nobody cares anymore. Right. Yeah. Speaking of the cat, did we did we finish answering Rose's question about Cassian?
0: We didn't quite finish answering the question, but we're kind of we're, okay. we 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 went off on a whole bunch of tangents, but we're <laughs> we're circling back really? around, Us? and we're we're kind of back around now. So. Okay. I do think we're going to get something about the Cassian Andor series.
1: I, I don't know how much. I really hope we do. I'm really intrigued by the Cassian Andor series. and right. I, I'm, I'm excited to see more about it.
0: I don't think we're going to see just a ton until after The Mandalorian is out. Because again, so it's this thing of this thing? is, if you're going to get, you've got to give The Mandalorian its mm-hmm. time to to be at the center, at the forefront.
1: Well, if nothing else, because then because John Favreau made it, and we need him to get his due, right. so he comes back and does other things. I mean, because whenever you you pull in one of the biggest movie makers in the world to make a show, a, a TV show,
0: yeah. Although it's you, a, better, you know at this point, it's there's always been this debate of whether. It's fair to compare TV shows and streaming shows. And I think that when you get into... Now, granted, you have Game of Thrones, which was almost yep. as expensive as The Mandalorian. But to That's some true. extent, you're really starting to blur the lines or, or maybe create a whole different kind of TV Category. where yeah. these budgets dwarf mm-hmm. everything else um, I mean the the budget for this I mean we had an m- entire movie made here in Natchez last year
1: five billion for five million dollars
0: <laughs> so and I mean the movie went on it released on a national stage it did well um, that's the movie that's um ma. For those of you right. who haven't seen it by Tate, you know, Tate Taylor had um Octavia Olivia? Spencer. Sp- Octavia Spencer.
1: Octavia Spencer. Um, I totally so, blanked there for a second.
0: So, I mean, when you start to look at that and you realize that some of these small movies are being made for five, ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then think about what they're spending per episode on this show. Yeah. And it's like, you can't, you just can't compare that to just your average TV show.
1: TV show, no. That's no, like that's trying true. to
0: compare small budget movies to Avengers.
1: They're, yeah, they're a different animal.
0: So to answer the question, I do think we will get some information about the Cassian Andor series. Maybe a timeline for when we can expect things to start happening. Yeah. But I think they announced the Mandalorian kind of early because they needed something to push out there, and they were going. They needed something to push Disney plus, with the Disney Plus.
1: Right. So I think that's release. why
0: we found out about the Mandalorian so early. Mm-hmm. And I fully expect, I'm still expecting Cassian, the Cassian series to be ready to go in the spring. I still think it's yeah. going to go into production this fall. And I think we'll get a little bit of that kind of information. You know, because all we've had so far is a little bit of information trickle in here and there about who these people are playing. And right. a lot of this we've known since Celebration. Um, right. You know, we know who's been brought on to write and direct and all that. And I I have no complaints about any of that. You know, we're going to start getting some stuff here pretty soon. But I I think we'll get a Rise of Skywalker trailer around October. We might get something earlier. They're going to, but yeah, October still gives them two and a half. You drop at the beginning of October and you still got two and a half months to hype the movie. And I don't think they need more than that. I think people are already hyped up about it. and. Yeah, <clears throat> dropping all your trailers too quick probably not the best idea now you know, what we might get we've always gotten with or at least with the force awakens and i believe with the last jedi we got these beautiful behind the scene clips and we haven't gotten that yet well, so they could drop us yeah. a behind the scenes some behind the scenes footage at d23 I mean, I mean- Clearly, they held on Fair to all spread. their Star Wars stuff. They the only thing they, yeah. that I'm aware of they did at San Diego Comic Con was the, the Stormtrooper display.
1: I mean, and we did just recently. I mean, not like today, but you know, six weeks ago or so, got that big Vanity Fair spread. You know, so they've kind of kept they're kind of rationing the information, I think, to some extent as a cat. You know, for people who are casual fans. Like, uh, it seemed like that Godzilla trailer, it's like it dropped. It's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And then it's like, it seemed like the movie was never going to come out. You know, it's like by the time the movie had come out, you'd almost forgotten about it.
0: Right. And I think that's why wow. they dropped their the the teaser. And that's there. That's there for you to go watch. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think you're going to get a new trailer every month or two. I mean, you're going to get probably two big trailers yeah spaced between you know probably one in october and then one maybe a month later Yeah. but and then you'll start getting tv spots but i I don't i will be shocked if we get a trailer for anything other than the mandalorian at d23 i
1: I think that's reasonable i think that's a reasonable expectation all right Mm.
0: well well thank you for joining us for another episode of course not radio underground marisha where can people find
1: you online Um, You can find me mostly on Instagram, um, princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. Uh, The summer's been a little hectic, so my posting hasn't been super consistent, but you can get on and see lots of pictures of my cute children in the past and Dragon Con's coming up, so you know there's going to be a whole bunch of new stuff coming up then, so stay tuned, boys and girls. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I stopped by the Marriott the other day in Atlanta and... As it turns out, it's it's just not as exciting. I I just kind of had <laughs> hope that maybe it was just a party all the time, but
1: yeah. It yeah, turns out a-
0: it's only during Dragon Con. So I'll last. we'll be back but in a month.
1: Soon. Yes. That'll be great.
0: All right. And my name is Andrew Gore. You can find me online running the Twitter account for the Science Fictionary and Course not Radio Underground at Psi underscore Fictionary. Uh, you can also find me at my personal Twitter account at DarkLighter580. You can find me at thesciencefictionary.com. And until next week, may the Force be with you.